0: What's up, YouTube? Oh gosh, back what's at it. What's up, week, YouTube? Week bro. two.
1: These don't go on YouTube.
0: Today, my vlog's about what's cooking.
1: Up? Oh. <laughs> what's up? What's up, Spotify? I suppose. No, 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 no. Okay, Spot- YouTube. Spotify
0: would never probably uh, sponsor this content, but perhaps no, YouTube. No, absolutely not. You know.
1: YouTube, possibly. possibly. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, what's new? What's cooking? Good looking.
0: <sighs> not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Just not been a, lot. a fun weekend of. Uh, clowning and boozing and uh you know just ready to really cap it with um some proper audio content that really embodies all of that clowning and boozing you know
1: we could do an episode of this boozing but i don't think it turned out very well
0: and probably about as probably about as well as the average you know episode you know oh ain't that right youtube
1: oh that was insulting <laughs> <laughs> Well,
0: I'm more, more, more referring to my end of the content. You know? Okay, I don't really, think I don't really monitor what you what, what you accomplish with your words. You know, yeah, but, you don't you
1: really know. care what I do. I no,
0: yes, I, I'm, no, I'm just saying it's just, this is this mm-hmm. is not part of my territory. It's not part mm-hmm. of my jurisdiction. You know. Hmm.
1: Well, I don't care about that. Whatever. Coming out
0: critical today. You know.
1: Yep. Well, I have news. Big news, actually. Okay. So. A man has been arrested and an investigation is underway for the Gilligo Beach Serial Killings Cold Case or the Long Island Serial Killer. Oh, really? You've, have you heard about this?
0: I have heard about that. It wasn't it someone was in like a very rich neighborhood in Long Island was um, kind of uh, basically getting a hold of either like prostitutes or just kind of like um, ladies of difficult means and kind of making them
1: disappear. No yeah, gone. I mean, I don't know if he necessarily lived in a very well. I think it was a pretty like well off. I mean, he was like he well, we like, owned an art. We'll we'll get it. Let's yeah. Let's get into I, it. I feel
0: like a number of the murders, or like at least they found evidence of a lot of the murders in like the brush along this really rich uh, beach in Long in Long Island. So yeah. Okay. Yes,
1: we'll start. Okay. So a group of women's remains, who are known as the Gilgo Four, were found near Gilgo Beach in Long Island in 2010. These women were identified as Melissa Balthalamy. I'm gonna butcher. Quick
0: every pause, one of these. quick pause. This whole thing is—is is, is you, Are you just saying Gilgo Beach isn't that nice of a beach?
1: I, I've never been to Gilgo Beach. I don't know how nice it is. I've
0: watched a documentary, ladies and gentlemen. Gilgo Beach is a lovely beach. Continue.
1: It doesn't really look that nice. Well, that's
0: just your opinion of uh, Long Island. All then. right,
1: that's fine. <laughs> yeah, just not that nice. Anyway. So, the four women were Melissa Belthalmi, Megan Waterman, Amber Costello, and Marine Bernard Barnes. So, the four were among 11 sets of human remains uncovered across Long Island's South Shore between 2010 and 2011. And these four were found while searching for a missing woman. And they went out to find this lady Shannon Gilbert a year later, along with eleven other remains along this like road,
0: right? There which was, was is like this...
1: might be a nice beach, might be not. We don't know. We haven't. been Well, there. what they were
0: finding them um, was they were finding them in this kind of this big area of like kind of like tall like I don't want to call it, like dune grass, and it wasn't really. I guess you call it a. Yeah, marsh. I mean
1: it's it's kind of a but very very
0: very difficult areas to dredge. you essentially kind of have yeah. like, to walk around and poke around, at, you know, because you yeah. so, can like, you can like level it. They were know?
1: saying that like. Once they would find a body, they pretty much just had to, like, go through and just, like, then like, shake out, like, with, like, a sifter, like, yeah, yeah. sand and stuff to see if they can find anything. Hey,
0: quick pause, by the way. Long Island. Oh. Billy Joel came from the Meatpacking District, right by Williamsburg. Okay. Pizza. There it is. Gold nets All right. All right,
1: continue. <laughs> so, the cases were unsolved over, for over a decade, but then a multi-agency task force was set up to investigate in early 2022 and within weeks they identified a possible suspect. Wow. So okay. Yes. So this Rex Hewerman, a 59-year-old architect and father of two was arrested and charged with three of the four Gilgo murders earlier in July of this year. He has pleaded not guilty, and he was not charged with this fourth murder of Marine Bernard Barnes, though prosecutors are confident that they will eventually charge him with this fourth murder. Mm. Like, he's just, like, a suspect so in it right now.
0: Searman, you said?
1: Yes. He mm. is described as an ogre-like man. Like, Ogre. one of the witnesses was, like, it was an ogre-like man, and this man, he's, like, 6'4", and, like, very... Chunky.
0: That's really interesting. I think so. Did you did He's you a big guy. look up the or when when you were reading about this? Did you come across like I think one of the prime suspects early on was this very eccentric doctor? I think talking who, about like,
1: the Delphine or the the Black Dahlia again.
0: Exactly, precisely. Just he clearly just moved back from China yeah. and also. Decided not to die. Yes, yeah, um,
1: decided to live forever. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, no, no. Well, I think um, you know from 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 what I understand about that case, that for a while one of the the prime suspect was this very eccentric doctor. But there was also there was this weird instance where I think one of the family members of one of the you know victims got, like, this really weird unsolicited phone call from yeah. this guy, and I, I don't have, have his name off the top of my head.
1: This I saw in the article. Yeah. The guy, somebody called, I think it was, like, a sister. Yes. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the victims, and was like, do you think you're ever gonna, like, see your sister again? Or, like, <laughs> along those lines. So I'm
0: surprised, yeah, okay, so yeah, you so, so you know. Who, the, but I have not character. heard of
1: this doctor, this other doctor suspect.
0: Well, the, the person who made that unsolicited call, I'm pretty sure, was that doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm I'll, trying
1: to find Find it in this article, because it was definitely in here. This is from this New York Times article yeah. about it. So, a taunting phone call someone made from the cell phone of one of the victims, the Melissa yeah. Bartholomew, to her teenage sister shortly after she disappeared, saying, do you think you'll ever speak to her again?
0: That's not... Okay, okay yeah, that, that's, that's not, not what you were thinking of? That's not what I'm thinking of, but now, like, well, not mentioning that, like, we're definitely talking about the same thing. Um, well, this...
1: So, this article also brought up that apparently... Looking back, they, like, pretty much opened up this case file and, like, right away figured, like, made connections and, like, immediately started investigating this guy as a suspect. But they kind of Mm. blamed part of this as there was a, um...
0: Oh, oh, so the the person I was talking about, trying to interrupt, it was was Dr. Peter Hackett.
1: Oh, he was a suspect at one
0: point? Yeah, so let's see, let's see. Dr. Charles Peter Hackett was once a big shot in his private Oak Beach neighborhood, but after he called the mother of a missing escort... Hackett found himself linked to an unsolved Long Island murder mystery. Oh. Anyway, now he lives in Fort Myers and I guess has not been apprehended.
1: You know, oh, okay. Well. Yeah. I guess this guy, it seems like they have a pretty good case against him. Yeah. But they blamed part of this for not getting solved right away on James Burke, who I guess was a police chief in like 2012, but he was arrested in 2015 on charges because he had like beaten up somebody for steal like that stole cigars, but also... Stole, I guess, a very incriminating bag from his car containing like porn and like sex toys. Okay. And then it just was like a whole like tie up that they kind of like have brought up in this article. The, I guess, the NYPD at the time was not doing so well. <laughs> but anyway, Rex Hewman, they have him arrested. He matches a physical description from the last person who saw the final victim, Amber Costello alive and authorities also have phone and dna evidence human's dna was found on the body of one of the bodies and apparently his like wife's dna was found on other two but that's from like transfer wow they think um and they also refer to this like phone technology that they've been using to kind of like track okay this so like from the start i guess when they reopened this they kind of guessed that the suspect worked in long island but lived in this area called the polygon which was like pretty much a mapped out area where they're like from where they're tracked from cell phone towers they suspected the the murderer lived in this area mm. but yeah so definitely they did a lot of cell phone mm. tracking yeah. i guess
0: i think it was a this this whole like I mean and like I think when I watched like a documentary on this I think this this is like a 2020, 2022 documentary. So it's still
1: like they didn't yeah. They, I, I don't
0: think I don't I mean they weren't even more cl- close to I think what you were talking you're talking about now but like it, I think it was pretty interesting because like I think it was clear that like this island this Gilgo Beach area was mm-hmm. like kind of like a lot of like rich people living against the rules. Like, a lot, apparently, like, a lot of prostitutes were known to, like, come through this, this island. And so I remember when they were initially trying to do their investigation, like, or talked to this Peter Hackett guy or what, what have you, apparently one of the things that really slowed down this um, investigation was, that, like, all of, like, the residents on, like, on the on this island on this uh Gilgal beach area yeah. would like not say say a they fucking didn't want word to say anything. and the suspicion was this is like even if they weren't really responsible for like these murders pretty much all these people there was kind of like a you know a general understanding the people were like
1: don't really talk to them were police. like having crazy yeah.
0: sort of like swinger parties and like having prostitutes yeah and like, if you said, you know, like, any, you know, I don't know, if you said anything, you were kind of, like, risking, you know, people, like, looking into what you were doing and yeah, stuff like that. And that so, makes sense. Because, uh, yeah, I think
1: these victims were, like, sex workers or they said, like, escorts that, that he was, like, messaging online. Yeah. And even while they, they've had, they were, like, suspecting this Brex guy... They've been suspecting him for, like, over a year, Mm -hmm. but I think they've just been, like, kind of building up, like, evidence, like, they stole this pizza box from, like, outside his work from the garbage, and they, like, apparently have, like, pretty much gotten and, like, executed, like, 200, like, warrants to, like, look through all his stuff, Mm -hmm. but yeah, and he's been, like, during this time, I think they, places kind of insinuated that they kind of made their move now because he has been, like, actively messaging, like, people and kind of, like, getting closer to maybe they were, like, worried he was going to, like, take another victim. Oh,
0: wow. Because he,
1: like, still was, like, on Tinder under, like, false aliases and, like, messaging, like, sex workers online and doing this stuff. But, so, yes. But, yeah, what did we say? Oh, so they are investigating his home now. And I guess they found 200 firearms in his, like, this walled-off vault behind a lock metal door in his basement. Only 92 of which were registered. And they found over 200 internet searches for information about the Gilgo investigation and, like, photos of the victims and their families. I guess a lot he's, like, also looked up, like, why hasn't the police force apprehended the Gilgo Beach murder? And he's just, like, constantly looking up stuff about this. His computer searches also showed searches for, like, violent porn and, like, violence against women and, like, child pornography. Mm-hmm. So this guy's not looking so good no matter what happens I guess. I'm thinking about another
0: anecdote from like just you know you know what I heard about it was I remember for one of the victims they had a um, they had a driver take them out there.
1: Yeah. And one of the
0: victims they go into this guy's house, and I guess like kind of freak out inside this guy's house, mm-hmm. and then they take off into the neighborhood they cannot find her all night I think the the driver ends up kind of just going home because like I guess she went to a friend's house like, I have no yeah. idea what's going on I'm at a loss and they find her dead like the next day and was the guy whose house that girl was at was that Rex Hurman or I don't know about else? that
1: I don't know if that's like it might be part of this but they I do remember somewhere in here I'm just like frantic, this is a long article trying to like look through where all this yeah. stuff was but somebody saw, like, one of the victims with him, and he, like, kind of got into, like, an altercation with her, and he kind of, like, played, like, the the wronged, like, ex-boyfriend kind of thing, which, like, wasn't true, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there were people that, like, witnessed him with these victims. Okay. So, probably, yes. Okay.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But,
1: Yeah. That was, uh, that one. And then I guess they're searching his home in Massapequa Park, I guess. That's where he lives in Long Island. Okay. And they're looking, I guess, for forensics and, like, souvenirs maybe, possibly. But the investigators apparently say anything is possible when asked if they suspect to connect here into more victims. Because there's been, like, 11 bodies found in the same spot. And they're wondering maybe that there might be more. But I guess these four, like, Gilgo the Gilgo Four, they were all, like, dumped the same way. Like, they were wrapped in camo, like, tarps. Kind of like what, like, hunting blinds have. Yeah. So they all kind of, like, connected them together.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But they think there might be more. But this guy is a real piece of work. Yeah. But it's a lot be interesting to see Mm -hmm. how that turns out, I suppose. Perhaps, perchance.
0: Interesting, yeah. I want to watch
1: this documentary now that you've been talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I'm pretty, yeah, I mean, it's definitely talking about the same, like, you know, the same, same thing. I think it was just like dealing with like, yeah, um, you know, sort of probably somewhat dated, uh, information. I remember they like kind of indicated that I think at least a couple of these victims were like connected like, they were like these like businessmen who like lived on the island who would, like throw these crazy parties and like kind of mm-hmm. like start giving like these prostitutes like drugs and stuff like that and like kind of like sense. create like these sort of rings or whatever. But yeah, I mean, but like that's also just kind of like very vague sort of like crime novel stuff that like May may, may, may not be true. I'm
1: sure we'll get a lot of information about this coming out in the future. But, But yeah. So I have, on a lighter note, some corrections from last episode. Oh boy, I love the corrections. Things that Grace said things that Forrest might have said that were wrong, usually we're here to correct said, them. Usually. The first thing, and pretty minor, was that Aspen is not the richest zip code in America. Not even close.
0: Well, obviously that's a fucking <laughs> colloquialism. Is I'm, I'm just, you know.
1: Hmm. Well, then I got looking at the richest zip code. I'm
0: off the hip. I don't have a script on these things. I you don't even know. let me see the computer screen.
1: <laughs> you can look at it if you want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. All right, that's fine. So... <laughs> unsurprisingly, the ridges zip codes in America are California.
0: Thanks. Alright, good. Okay. Moving on. Do you have, a, do you have like a substantive one instead of just correcting my, you know, use of like slang? Well, I wanted, idea? I
1: do, I, I'm sub, I'm filling in our speculation of, and me not really remembering exactly, Nancy Styler, the murder of Nancy Fister from our last episode. Impossible murder. Yeah, I was about acquitted. to say,
0: here's a quick correction. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's another one. Yeah, yeah. But, um, the, the wife of ex-wife of the murder of Nancy Pfister, convicted, whatever. So Trey Styler confessed the crime in 2014 and stated that Nancy had no knowledge or part in the crime and he only agreed to like dish all these details out if Nancy was given unconditional freedom so she couldn't be charged with the crime anymore. So in 2015 Nancy got busy and filed for divorce from Trey Styler and released her book. She also reclaimed her maiden name and moved to Massachusetts. So Nancy Masson now filed for personal bankruptcy on july 10th of 2015 and trey died on august 6th by suicide making nancy the beneficiary of a one million dollar life insurance policy which is now very conveniently shielded by this bankruptcy she filed for and the policy was apparently very old and like that's why she was paid out even though it was like a suicide okay so this stuff, like her divorce, the bankruptcy, and the like suicide slash life insurance thing, yeah. all happened like within like a year. Yeah, it's of very big. It's happening. very
0: fishy. Yes, yeah. it's a little yeah. fishy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but Definitely. that was all. Okay, that's it.
1: Yeah. Really?
0: Wow, I was really going off the hip there. So I mean, you there there you have it, folks. Go back and listen to the last episode. Everything else I said was fucking fact. Maybe right. you know
1: that's what, I guess if if not I just didn't catch it. But all right, great. You can you can send your all corrections. changes and
0: stop tracking, folks. You know. All right, <laughs> cool
1: cool. that was all I had so
0: oh well, I, I do I do I have one of my own corrections okay. from last week um, you know um, <laughs> the, 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 not the, 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 you know and this is really my first person I've ever ever found that I have ever really you know uh, felt like doing um, uh, to be clear I don't know Nancy Fister therefore when I say that she is a piece of work although that is my <laughs> personal belief it is grounded on very scant evidence um, <laughs> and should be taken with a uh, grain of salt. So, you know. Well, that's nice. That said, that's my personal belief. Continue.
1: Okay, cool. <laughs> this week, we're going to do something a little more lighthearted and we're going to talk about some mysteries of the Midwest, you know? Okay. And this started originally with the beautiful, majestic world-renowned hodag, which comes out of Wisconsin.
0: H-O-D-A-G.
1: Hodag, yes, exactly like it sounds. Okay. And upon researching the hodag, there's not a lot on it, so, but I got down a rabbit hole of the monsters of Lake Michigan, and there has been some kind of fishy things, pun intended, going on Mich- in Lake Michigan.
0: Boo. We'll continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm just going to talk about... Mysterious things that have been found in lake Michigan, and then we will talk about the hodag, which I know you have been waiting so mysterious patiently lake for. Monsters
0: of Michigan, and then hodag. Okay. We're gonna
1: call it Midwest Mysteries. Is gonna be the episode title. Okay. Unless something else comes up. Okay. Or I'll just call it hodag, but that seems misleading because there's so much more juice here.
0: Just jump right in. Please. All right, yeah,
1: fine. So the Great Lakes for those of you who do not know, are five large lakes that began forming over 14,000 years ago around the end of the last glacial period. And they hold over six quadrillion gallons of water. I don't even know how many zeros that would be. But anyway, the lakes are technically considered young as three of the lakes, Ontario, Michigan, Superior, only filled 3,000 years ago. Isn't that crazy? That is very crazy. All right. So the lakes are home to many Native, or they were home to many Native American tribes that historians believe crossed the, Bering Strait land bridge before the glacial melt over 11,000 years ago. There's evidence deep in some of the great lakes, especially in Lake Huron, that an unknown group of people lived in the region before mysteriously disappearing. These groups formed languages, customs, and beliefs around the lakes which led to legends of the great horned serpent residing under the waters. Rivers and lakes in the area like, we're known to have very dark water, which could cover the creatures when they ventured into their caves, which there's also a lot of caves in the area. Lake caves, you know what I'm saying? I'll buy
0: that. Yeah. All
1: right. So legends of the great horned serpent spread across the tribes, but all describe a dragon or snake-like creature with large horns and teeth. They occasionally venture onto the land, but mostly dwelled under the waves. The Great Horned Serpent is a powerful beast that could control the weather, shapeshift, and turn invisible and grant magic to those who bested them in battle. That
0: sounds like Ooh. a great cryptid. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. So it's not even like, well, it's partially cryptid, but it's also like this is, it was like a like a Native American monster. They what? had cool monsters. They did. We need more cool monsters, believe Skinwalker
0: so. and this big horny toad sort of thing. A serpent. Yeah. Serpent. Serpent. It- <laughs>
1: That no, TCU has the one, I guess. There you go. Where did that even come from? Why are they the horn toads, frogs? I think,
0: I think that was just a. I mean, I think the horn. the horned toad is a. <laughs> is,
1: is it a it, toad or is it a frog?
0: I'm pretty. sure... I think it's a toad. You I mean you have to look it up, but um, horn toad. I think I think that was just a um, local sort of uh, amphibian because oh. they're kind of like it's kind of like a desert sort of uh, oh, like I a think... horned toad. You can look it up. You know, yeah. Horned, okay. Horned, horned I don't know. Maybe it's something cooler. But the horn frogs. I don't know if there's a horn frog. I, I'm pretty sure it's like the. I mean, I've always heard of like a horny toad, you know, but it's just like it's like this like, mm. like so it's kind of this this thank you, Um, it's like this like uh, kind of desert sort of toad that kind of has these little spikes on it that kind of like you know ward off predators. They're just pointy
1: warts. There you go. Maybe yeah. anyway, so different communities in the region had varying lake creatures, and they also including thunderbirds underwater and underground panthers and even a great fish, great European great fish, a great fish. That's... I don't know if that's all it's...
0: This, this, we're, 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 we're sticking with, like, Native American law right now, though. So.
1: Well, yes, so far. Okay, now, fine. we're talking about white people. Okay. Europeans began to arrive in the Great Lakes region between the 1600s and 1700s, and they became to witness creatures in the lake also. Oh. These creatures included the Bessie of Lake Erie, I don't not know how to pronounce this, Gassienditha, G-A-A-S, Gas, right? Yeah. Gassienditha of Lake Ontario, the Lake Huron Great Snake, and the Lake Superior Pressy and Cave Monster. Mm. So Lake Michigan has a well-documented history of phenomena, which is where we will reside today. Okay. I feel like I could just do an episode on each of the Great Lakes monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this will be Lake Michigan's. So in the summer of 1867 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, (laughs) the city was frightened. I did. Yeah, I did two yeah, all, fists in the air woo yeah, um the city was frightened by a story of two men having encounters which would appeared to be a huge whale in lake michigan uh one man captain mcbride saw a giant fish that resembled a whale while crossing the lake the creature blew a plume of water into the air and made a loud noise make a whale noise
0: meow, <laughs> <laughs> i these out. This all pretty, right this is fucking spot on <laughs> the, yeah. the second
1: man the tugboat captain saw whale-like fish whales and fish look very similar near a river mouth and devoured objects as it swam this creature also blew a blast of water in the air before submerging nope <laughs> that time no noises
0: just right. <laughs> but these are reports coming out of milwaukee yes so you gotta take those with not a grain of salt, but like but twelve two pitchers, pitchers of, of liquor. Yeah. yeah. So yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. These stories were backed up by the discovery of a large fish wa- that had washed up on the shore, having been bitten in half by an even larger creature. The bite was attributed to an animal that had a jaw kind of resembling a shark's jaw. Mm. In early August of 1867, a man near Hyde Park, Chicago, saw a creature that was five times the length of his boat, about a mile offshore. The creature was blue-black near its head and turned gray-white near its tail. A couple weeks later, two tugboat crews witnessed a creature in Lake Michigan that was serpentine and as thick as a barrel, about 20 to 50 feet long. The creature didn't make another appearance until September, which inspired a long verse poem titled, What Is It? The Sea Serpent on a Rampage. We need to just make more poems, you know, nowadays. I, I think so. I think yeah, More I poetry.
0: Think, I, I think we lack poetry, yeah. We're not yes. paying those poets enough, you yes, know? Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: Stories over the next few decades tended to be more fantastical. In July of 1897, a man 30 miles north of Chicago, which sounds like it's like Racine. How far is Racine from Chicago? Yeah, it sounds like Racine. Which, Racine, you have to just take everything with a grain of angel dust. Right. The man from Racine was (laughs) confronted by two men shouting about a commotion in the water. They saw a large something gliding through the water about 200 feet offshore. It was about 30 feet long with large fins protruding from the water, and they claimed to have watched the creature dive in and out of the water for at least 20 minutes. Some would call that porpoising. There was reportedly a dead mastiff body laying on the beach that day before the sighting, but after the sighting, there was evidence in the sand that something large had rose out of the water and pulled the corpse into the water. So they ate this poor dog. Anyway, sightings continued until the 1930s, mostly around Milwaukee, before the creature mysteriously disappeared. Midwesterners speculate that these stories were fake to boost newspaper sales. Summers at the beach were less stressful, and some attributed the sightings to... A real Lake Michigan monster, the sturgeon fish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The
0: okay. yeah, I mean, sturgeon kind of makes sense. They're like Stur- or like these. Or like big. There's like shiny... big like trout
1: and stuff yeah. in the or like salmon. Salmon is. I never. Like co- I think there's coho in Lake Michigan, okay. but I might be wrong.
0: Are there are there muskies in Lake
1: Michigan? I don't think so. Okay. I think those are mostly like inland lake fish. Because mm. I I I, don't, I think the water in like Lake Michigan, Lake Superior, is so cold.
0: But geographically, like I could imagine I maybe- a muskie being deposited yeah. in I, maybe. Lake that's Michigan. A, maybe
1: that's something we'll look up. Cause AJ, homework.
0: Are, yeah, because muskies are kind of an outrageously long sort of serpentine yeah. fish that kind of causes a lot of sightings. Or like, yeah, like
1: muskies and pike. I don't know if yeah. they're in like Michigan or not. Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. Hmm. AJ, homework. So in the summer of 1955, it, the lake was sent spiraling after attack from a real lake monster. According to the Shark Research Institute, a young body... A young boy, I wrote body... I have a lot of typos in this one. A young boy named George Lawson was bitten on the leg by what was most likely a bull shark. What? The incident was qu- quote-unquote questionable, as there's not many details from the original source. The story was quickly published in the book Made eating Sharks, a terrifying compilation of shark attacks, shark facts, and shark legend. After Jaws became like a worldwide fascination, they were yeah. just like pumping shark stories out. Yeah. The Lake Michigan shark attack was never truly confirmed, but it was never debunked. Hmm. So... We know from Jeremy Wade that this is not entirely out of the realm of possibility as sharks have been known to swim up the Mississippi River all the way to Missouri and Illinois.
0: Well, not just, well, very few sharks, but at least they had their, had done their homework to claim it was a bull shark, which is really the only, like, aggressive territorial shark that can swim in, like, brackish brackish and to an extent uh, fresh water. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it is hard to believe that a man-sized shark managed to get through. There's a lot of, like, dams and locks that connect the Great Lake to the oceans. Right. And all that nonsense. So that may or may not be true. So it's
0: more, li- more, than, more likely that some guy kind of hit this kid with a boat and yeah. then told his parents he saw a shark. It's yes. more likely.
1: But, uh, yes. And, like, the shark bite somehow really looked like a propeller. Yeah. Who knows? But this was not the only shark that had been seen in Lake Michigan. On April of 1969, two men fishing for coho salmon pulled in a 2-foot, two, two 5-inch, 10-pound shark. They brought it to the Milwaukee Public Museum to have the catch verified. Museum ecologist Gerald Ludwig verified that it was a shark, but did not understand how it could have gotten there. The shark fever took over Milwaukee. However, shortly after this, a 39-year-old man fessed up to throwing the shark into the lake after a few too many beers at a local bar with friends. Since they had had the shark frozen from their past trip to Cape Coral, Florida, Cape Coral, 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 Florida, and decided to toss it in the water near Bradford Beach. That
0: makes all the sense in the world. Yes, that I'll, makes I'll, I'll so much have to more say, sense. i like, say that, that is the issue with talking about like, especially like lake monsters in like in and around Milwaukee, and Chicago. First of all, especially even today, but especially in the time frame that you're talking about, everyone's hammered all the time. <laughs> B, especially in that time frame, these all just sound like great excuses as to why these guys can't pay, like their like mob slash gambling debts. <laughs> it's like, yes, yeah, sorry, I'm dealing with this fucking a shark. shark. <laughs> yeah, I'll, you know, I swear, I'll have your money back in two weeks. Yeah, you know?
1: I was bitten by a shark. And...
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So. Lake Michigan has had, obviously, a very colorful past of mysteries lurking in the deep, but there are some mysteries that still exist today. So, a video of a shark, I'm doing air quote shark, swimming in the waters off Chicago and Milwaukee went viral in 2014 and 2017. So, they still have, there's, like, videos, I've seen these, of, like, people are, like, seeing things in the water and they're like it's a shark
0: now, i'm gonna i'm just gonna quickly <laughs> flag about half these to probably like eddie lacy when he really packed on the pounds oh, at the end for the packers he Shout just out really to eddie likes lacy. mcdonald's yep continue
1: another video taken on june 3rd of t- 13th of 2019 showed an unknown creature moving through the water near charlvoy south pier lighthouse in michigan during a storm it was speculated that the creature could be a large eel lake serpent or some lake garbage hmm so, it does sound like a lot of Lake Michigan monsters can be attributed to trash, large fish, or drunkenness.
0: I will, like, so, yeah, I mean, by, you know, by and large, Milwaukee is, or, the, you know, just the general Midwest it's a great place for tall tales and hooey, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the Lake Michigan, you know, especially amongst the, the Great Lakes, it's incredibly vast, incredibly deep. And, uh, you know, I mean, whether, you know, just by, like, geography or just kind of, you know, the scientific understanding of the area, really pretty unmapped from from my understanding in terms of, like, actual, like, deep exploration. See, I think...
1: That's like a big Lake Superior thing.
0: It's a, like big Lake
1: Superior Like Lake thing. Superior is like very like mysterious. Like yeah. I kind of want to do a whole episode on Lake Superior because there's like, there's a ton of, well there is in Lake Michigan too. There's a ton of shipwrecks. The water's like really cold. Mm-hmm. So things sink. Yeah, There's scary monsters. Who yeah. knows? But I, I think Lake Michigan any... gets a lot too yeah. because it just has so many like, it's so populated yeah. like around it. Like it's the yeah. same thing with like Lake Huron and Lake Erie. Like there's a ton of big cities on the lakes. So, like, weird shit's going to happen. There's right. too many people around. They're going to light it on fire. Right. But
0: but I would generally say just, like, I guess the concept, like, okay, like, like, like holding it equal to saying, like, you know, I don't know, areas on the east and west coast, you know, generally speaking, there's probably, like, less, you know, I don't know, ships, you know, kind of going through. There's certainly less, you know, actual sort of natural exploration yeah, to really true. map out the you know the biological you know sort of range of the mm-hmm. area i mean i mean i i guess my point is if you want to tell me that there's some mysterious serpentine monster in lake michigan versus baja california you know uh, i'm probably gonna lean with it being a greater possibility in terms of you know <laughs> you know, just, you know, the threshold knowledge, you know, yeah. about the area going against it, you know, I'd probably have to yeah, lean towards, yeah. uh, you know, Lake Michigan being
1: And I mean, like, the lakes are, like, little, like, inland seas pretty much, almost. Like, they're so big and you can't just, like, take any willy-nilly boat on them. Like, you have to take a big boat or else you will get, like, capsized. Right. Yes. Anyway. So now we can move on to what we really have been wanting to talk about, which is the hoedag. 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 Yes. So... Right, yeah. I don't. Where did you first hear about this? Because I think you're the first one that, like, out, outside of my my little corner of the world right. has, like, really talked about it.
0: Tremendous question. Well, first first and foremost, <laughs> I'm, I'm very well-read at Creepypastas, right? Okay. Which are, which are these kind of blog uh, sort of websites where people post these strange tales, you know, and it's tougher to look stuff up, you know, verify stuff. You can have these big long drawn out stories of like you know serial killers and stuff like that right okay and so and you can look this up there's a story out there called ted the caver okay ted the caver and it's a really cool um creepy pasta and it's it's done like kind of like a blog post format is this one of the times
1: i should implement forest gets 60 seconds to explain a plot it'll take
0: it'll take about 120 seconds you know and just Uh, two minutes don't rush perfection can i
1: can i rush you into doing it in 60 just as a fun game no 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 no
0: well, well, you, well you, you can tell them when I want to hit, hit 60 seconds. Anyway. Okay,
1: I'll see if you can do it. All
0: right. Anyway, Chad the Caver. Oh, wait. Like, I'm not
1: having Don't have my timer out yet. <sighs> I'm really going to do this on movies because I think last time, I love hearing you talk about movies, but last time I think that we talked about whatever movie we talked about last time for like five minutes.
0: Well, you
1: know. Okay. Start.
0: All right, well, anyway, Ted the Cave, you know, Ted the Caver, Curie Pasta, it's done in a blog format, you can find it online, excellent story. This guy really enjoys spelunking. He and his friend find this strange um, cave entrance out in the woods, um, and they go through this difficult process of um, kind of, under, you know, getting into the cave and widening the holes. It's a really tiny, narrow passage. One time they go in, and they, they find this interior sort of, um, you know, cathedral sort of, sort of area. And they just get a nasty feeling. They see some cave nice drawings in it, and there's a uh, there's a rock kind of, you know, uh, hanging out um, mysteriously in the middle of it. Uh, next time they you know on a later time they come back and the rock's been moved, uncovering a downward sloping sort of little hole into the ground. And they you know throughout their experience of this cave they start to like smell and see w- really weird things. And anyway, this guy Ted kind of gets out of the cave, and he's been trying to kind of figure out this thing that he kind of like heard moving around behind him in this cave and I mean he thought that um, it could po- possibly be a hodag
1: oh. and that was the
0: first time I ever heard that word hodag is he, he learned about this cave dwelling sort of a little little creature that if it if you found its home, it would kind of fall you out of the cave um, and get rid of you to try and um, protect its, uh, its home. So, oh, well,
1: that's a responsible thing to do. Good, yeah. ho- good on the hodeg.
0: So anyway, anyway, if you want a good weird read, look up Ted the Caver. It's been around for decades. I think
1: the egg would support Second Amendment rights.
0: Very, very possibly. Okay. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, I think you did a great job. I think you did it in like 90 seconds. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So the egg. Is deeply rooted in Wisconsin lore, especially in a small town named Rhinelander. So I wonder if this uh, guy that wrote your creepy pasta was from Rhinelander. Uh, maybe, maybe so. Also, yeah. what's the difference between creepypasta creepy pasta and leaner pasta? Lean, like on last podcast they always about listener to,
0: pasta um,
1: yeah maybe i'm reading in the words wrong god
0: you normie rube <laughs> what listener pasta is literally creepy pasta provided by listeners there is no difference I, I thought
1: it was called lean linear pasta i thought it was just german
0: listener pasta hmm listener pasta is, is sometimes i called? don't
1: think i read very well
0: i'm not going to get into the content of creepy pasta because my comments will be truncated and timed
1: <laughs> you can get into it. I well I was listening what was this podcast called? Oh, Let's Not Meet? Yeah. Have you ever big. listened to that? Yeah. I think half of those are a creepypasta. Like yeah. they're supposed to be true stories. I don't think they're true.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a nuanced term creepypasta is once again I'm not gonna really get into it, but mm. there's you know, obviously there's made up scary stories like anything you can listen to on a podcast. Like goosebumps. Creepypasta is more about this era on the internet yeah. where people would write these long ass blog posts and post them to like four channel like places like that. Like Slender Man was a creepypasta. So I mean honestly like, you know, it's kinda like really a time ty- is a really kind of a you know, it's a, it's really targeted kind of towards early internet culture in general. Like, yeah. you know, but anyway.
1: Anyway, so the Hodag was first discovered in 1893, which was the same year that Pabst won the blue ribbon. Isn't that exciting? Incredibly. All right. The Hodag was discovered by a lumberjack when Dander was a bustling lumber town. The Hodag was originally identified as a reincarnated spirit of a hardworking oxen that worked dragging logs. Oxen around timber camps were thought to have very vile and vengeful spirits, as they had a very tough job and were constantly cussed at by crass lumberjacks. Another origin story predates this, though. Pictographs found near Lake Superior depict a Mishipeshu, which is an Ojibwe. I, I really need to like look up these like Native American pronunciations before I just try to like sound them out uh, live. But a Ojibwe water panther, which I talked about earlier, which the hodeg can resemble, The Mishipeshu translates to the Great Lynx and tribal legends among Native Americans in Northeastern and Great Lakes regions. This creature had a head and paws of a huge cat, but covered in scales and spines running along its back, which is kind of what the hoedag is said to look Mm -hmm. like. The word hoedag originally was a lumberjack slang for a grub hoe, which is a type of hoe, or a maddox, which is a flat-faced pickaxe. So I guess it's like a tool. Eugene Shepard, called Gene, a Northwoods lumberman and resort owner, first begins. Did you
0: s- just say Eugene and then make sure to follow up that he referred to be called by his friends, Gene? Yeah,
1: I don't know. I want to make sure I get it right. I have a cold. Leave me alone. In
0: my rundown, Ted, the cable was limited to 60 seconds, and that's the sort of stuff she throws into this podcast. I, I can, Continue. I, that's one of the things. If you, if you didn't
1: just go on this rant and correct me, I would have just cut it out. But you don't listen to it, so you don't you don't know my editing style. I live
0: and breathe in this podcast unabridged. You know, um, I you. I live and breathe the unfiltered content. I think of this AJ thing.
1: does because AJ told me she's listened to my most recent episodes like three times. She's mm. my true. She's the one upping my numbers. I, yeah. No one else listens but AJ.
0: I can. I mean, I can listen. It's just I'm part of it, you know. I mean, I you know, I, I get I get insulted once for forty five minutes on this show, and I'm not gonna you know. I mean, sometimes I have tentative interest in you know listening to the uh, you know the play by play of it, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> anyway, Gene, <Jean>, a Northwoods <laughs> lumberman <laughs> and resort owner, began spreading news and images of the hodag officially in 1893. A group of local men tried to capture the beast with hunting dogs, rifles, and dynamite. They describe the beast as having the head of a frog with the huge green eyes, fangs, and horns curving up from its head. The hodeg is often grinning and can breathe fire. It has short legs, large claws, a spiny back, and a tail with spikes on the end. It's
0: pretty much bu- so. Pretty it's kind bu- of nice. like a
1: big, big dragon almost.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds you there, there's a there's, there's a dinosaur that kind of is low to the ground. You know, like kind a, of on all know. all fours. Stegosaurus. A- Nah, it wasn't a Stegosaurus. Uh, um I couldn't yeah, I couldn't tell you which one it was. It was super- we went
1: to that dinosaur thing. Yeah, but they but they I kinda wonder. had
0: the long kinda like tail with the ball on the end yeah. of it and they kinda like were very flat to the ground. Pongo!
1: Look up what kind of dinosaur that is.
0: Pongo, get working.
1: Spooky, wake up. So the creature is about seven feet long, thirty inches tall, and about two hundred pounds. So it's built like a French bulldog. Yeah. It's pretty short. But it is too big. The creature smelled of buzzard meat and skunk perfume. That's a direct quote. I have no clue what that means. Buzzard meat and
0: skunk perfume. I think it just stinks. Yeah.
1: Stinky creature. The dragon like creature has the strength of an ox, the ferocity of a bear, and the cunning of a fox. Oh. This. Okay, I'm going to read this at the end, but the Rhinelander website has like. A rundown of the Hodag. A rundown of the Hodag, and it's the most like Wisconsin thing I've ever read. But this was, you know, a little more serious. Three years later, Gene <laughs> claimed to have captured a live hodag with the help of some bear rustlers in chloroform. He took the Beast down in Wisconsin to tour stopping at fairs around the state. It made its debut at the first ever Oneida County Fair in a dark smelly tent. Is it
0: really Oneida? I thought it was Oneida. I don't
1: know. Oh. There's a theory, no. no. I no. don't I don't I honestly have never been to this Oneida area. O N
0: E I D A, right? O N
1: E I D A. One E D. O. N. E. I. D A.
0: That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I always thought it was also
1: Oneida. I don't know. I don't know. Either okay. way. Yeah. Sorry to my fellow Wisconsinites. I don't know how to pronounce this. Oconoma <laughs> um, Walk.
0: Oconoma Continue.
1: Ashwaubenon. <laughs> The Smithsonian caught wind of the creature and wanted to visit the exp- exhibition. Gene came clean that the hoed egg was a hoax made of leather and wood. Gene claimed that the hoed egg was real, but it was never actually captured by his men. The hoed egg eats mud turtles, water snakes, oxen, white bulldogs, and only on Sundays. This
0: kind of reminds me of the Minnesota Iceman, where it's like, it's real, yeah. but like... But this, this one's fake. This, this one's <laughs> fake. You must yes. understand, of course. Yes. You know,
1: yeah. So, at the time, it was fathomable that a scary creature would be living in the rugged wilderness of northern Wisconsin, Shepard was known to be a showman, and he even rode around in a cart pulled by a moose. Isn't that crazy? That is very crazy badass. Gene in yeah. his moose. He kind was always a prank. Yeah, exactly. He was always a prankster, which was fueled by heavy drinking, which also led to the mistreatment of his wife and children. Sad face. Oh, very, but so Gene was also not great.
0: extremely Midwest. Continue. Yes,
1: today the Hodag resides in Oneida, Oneida, whatever county, Wisconsin. Where nearly a quarter of the county's land is undeveloped for public recreation, bikers, hikers, cross-country skiers, and snowmobilers have ample opportunities to see the dense forest's most fearsome resident. Ooh. Ah.
0: Where wait? So where is Oneida or Oneida, whatever, in um, relation to Rhinelander?
1: I think Ryan, it's Oneida County, Rhinelanders. Oneida oh, okay, yeah, County. Cool. All
0: right, cool. Yeah.
1: Um, I've never actually been to Rhinelander. I don't really know what's going on over there.
0: I mean, just looking up Hodag and Rhinelander, they got like all these like badass statues. Well, my mom and my
1: dad were in Rhinelander a lot for work, and every week I just get pictures of like just Hodag stuff. They're like, what's a Hodag? <laughs> well, if you
0: look it up though, like there's someone you can you can check it out. The the there's like if you look up Rhinelander Hodag. There, outside, like some i some business or some you know sort of a you know public yeah. office. There's a huge one though. Yeah, I'll post a picture know? of it
1: on the Instagram page. But yeah, it's like a big statue. Oh yeah, that must massive. be a Northwoods like Wisconsin thing, yeah. but also just a big tourist town thing because yeah. in Hayward there's a huge musky statue that you can like climb yeah. up into, and then. Oh, wow else it is but there's a big bluegill somewhere too that i've seen but i don't oh, know where uh, it's at uh. so the hodag is blamed for many huge fish being plucked off the lines before they can be landed in the boat which sounds like an excuse yeah, yeah. the hodag was documented in pop culture in Magi, zoologist newt scamander from Fig- fantastic Beasts and where to find them the expanded version by jk rowling and appeared in scooby-doo that was Jesus. a really long title <laughs> I didn't realize that like what I was reading, but yeah. So it's 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 like, you know, the Fantastic Beasts. Apparently the egg's in there somewhere. Really? And he's an episode of Scooby-Doo, which we need to watch now. I don't know which one it is. And Rhinelander loves the Hoedag. Oh yeah. The Rhinelander High School mascot is a Hoedag. It has its own festival, the Hoedag County Festival. Tyler Hubbard of Florida Georgia Line plays there this year. They have to always put... (laughs) I think it's funny whenever the... Because the Florida Georgia Line guys are split up now. Whenever, like, one of them appears now to sing, it's always, like, in quotes, of Florida Georgia Line. Yeah, of Florida (laughs) Georgia Line. Because no one knows who they are separately. Right. Um, It appears on beers from Minelander Brewing Company and Sprecher Brewing Company in their seasonal watermelon soda. The Hode Dome is the largest air-supported high school dome in the U.S., which is interesting.
0: Pretty badass. But also,
1: so... The Hodag Sea doesn't have that many like interesting things going on, but this is what the Rhinelander website told me about the Hodag. Okay. So the Hodag is large, ferocious, and mischievous. They never cry, but their tears make the best lemonade. The large curved what horns- a,
0: They never cry, but their tears make the best lemonade.
1: I think these are false things about a cryptid.
0: Sound like someone's got some lemonade to sell in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Yes. I wish you the best. Continue. The
1: large curved horns pick up every Milwaukee Brewer's radio broadcast. The spikes that run along the Hodegg spine and the tip of its tail are perfect marshmallow roasters. The hodag eats fresh fish out of the lake, even though they get battered in part of a traditional Wisconsin fish fry.
0: This this thing is not a, a discussion of the hodag; It's an advertisement for KOA campgrounds. Yeah, this know. is ridiculous.
1: <laughs> yeah. There was a lot more, but I just didn't write them down. But that was pretty funny Great to me.
0: Great googly moogly. That was disappointing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. that was. I was kind of disappointed when I was looking up the hodag too. Yeah. There wasn't really that much interesting stuff out there.
0: Well, you know, um, it's always interesting kind of seeing like what the regional sorts of uh, cryptos are and yeah. stuff like that. A lot of times they kind of they're archetypical and stuff like that, you know. But- I
1: mean, I'm sure if like I really had the the way I would go up to Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and I would ask every person in Rhinelander what, what their hodag story was. And I'm sure I'd get a few people being like, well, oh, I was driving home from the local bar and I saw a hodag run in front of my truck and I had to swerve. And I didn't hit it, but I almost did.
0: I did not know the Rhinelanders sounded like they were from Bowling Green, Kentucky. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, good, good.
1: I guess it would more be like, oh, I didn't see the whole egg out there. And then I, uh, I hit it with my truck and then I shot it, but it didn't die. And then I strapped it to the hood of my car and then I drove away. And then it wasn't there anymore.
0: Kind of got a little Native American at <laughs> the end. Um, I'll take it though. All right.
1: I don't know
0: how to do a Wisconsin accent, apparently. Well, you know, I, well, maybe we'll take it to, uh, to a you know later episode. But there's obviously there's so much many more you know sort of cryptids in the Midwest. I mean, like a big one, obviously the Beast of uh, Bray Road. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a good one. That's a Big one. Yeah. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. we'll
1: do a we'll do a more of a roundup. But well, this movie was spurred because my parents were constantly sending me things about the hodag, and I was like, I need to talk about this. You need and to then talk hodag. Yeah. You know, it seems more of like a friendly little beast now than anything that's really scary. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it seems like the Midwest has a good sort of running relationship with like kind of cryptids and stuff like that, because obviously like all through actually like the, the woods of Ohio. Are actually like one of the biggest, um, most popular areas to search for Bigfoot. Because when you think about Bigfoot, you think of like actual kind of like you know Northern California and like yeah, like, like Oregon, Oregon, Washington. But you'd be surprised that uh, oh you know the I'm trying to I I can't remember which forest it is in Ohio, but Ohio is actually
1: Bigfoot capital. Uh,
0: it's tough to classify, but like recreational Bigfoot hunting, whatever the fuck that is, Ohio is actually one of the biggest places for hmm. it. You know. Um,
1: well, I mean, every I feel like everywhere where there's like woods, there have Bigfoot lots stuff. Of woods, like in lots the Appalachian, the, like lots
0: of long nights. You know, like yeah. We, the you know the population density goes down, and we think about that. It's kind of a a good recipe for strange sightings and cryptids and uh, yeah and whatnot. You know,
1: or it's just a rip in what we know as reality, and that's just where the Bigfoots come out.
0: That is the uh, that is the Goblin Universe theory that. Um, I'm waiting for you to to uh, disparage. You know? I,
1: like, really you, disparage. I really like the Goblin Universe Theory, but I just don't think I could explain it. I don't think I could wrap my head around it.
0: With the Goblin Universe Theory, you have to you know consider the fact that reality and truth... Wears a mask and will sometimes take off the mask and give you a bit of a wink and go
1: ha 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 ready to ready to scurry
0: away at a moment's notice you know that's the best way to describe the goblin goblin universe you know yes yeah
1: I remember listening to like the last podcast episode on the goblin universe like four times trying to really like digest it in my brain and each time I just like started looking at a tree and then lost, I'm lost still trying and had to restart to, it I've
0: got the book on my bookshelf like <laughs> yeah, you yeah you haven't it's a that. poorly written
1: Book. Oh no! And I've
0: read some poorly written books. You that know? was pretty bad. I don't have a taste for good writing, but man, oh man, this this thing even soured in my in my mouth. You know? Mm. Yeah. If you want to read a. Um a good book, you know, oh. kind of a good book. Forest book recommendation corner. Well, this one's, uh you know, sort of local. This is called uh, Monsters Among Us by uh, Linda S. Godfrey. She's uh, also author of Real Wolfman and American Monsters. I bring her up here because she started out as a journalist in, uh, in Michigan and kind of just got interested in kind of like, you know, like the, you know, Wolfman. What's the what's the Wolfman in, um, in Michigan? Dogman. Ah, Dogman. You know, uh, got, dog got man. very interested in Dogman um, and kind of cryptids and really became like a nationwide writer. Did it ruin uh, her
1: I hope not. Um, was it not? Did it ruin her career? No,
0: she actually is one of the few ones where she probably kind of made some money on the concept. Well, she started writing a lot of good books about, you know, kind of like nationwide sort of cryptozoological stuff. Uh, she's a really good writer. So Linda S. Godfrey, I think she's a pretty stellar uh, writer, which in terms of cryptids and UFOs, God damn it, there aren't enough good writers. So anyway. That's,
1: they're not known for their talent, I guess. Yes. Apparently, there, yes, have been muskies in Lake Michigan. Well, 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 well. I'll well, well, about. well, what do you know? Well, I think that was about all we had today. That's all I had. Okay? You know. All right. Hasta so stuff.
0: All right. We will be back with updates on the, uh, on the island to see what Yeah,
1: go. hopefully. Hopefully there's more news. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. alright bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye.